Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics and you get sports. And I promised a little preacher talk earlier this week. Uh, the show's about six, seven episodes deep now, and we are finally going to get to talking about it. And today with me is Kevin Miller. How's it going, Kevin? Hey, not too bad, dude. Good to have you here. Also with us, completing this little trifecta here, is Mike Leapock. How's it going? Uh, it's all right. A little warm. Yeah, all right. Uh, how's that new computer working out well, for you? Well, it's not working out so well, Pierce. <laughs> the, uh, the, the time you build a computer can get it work to to go together smoothly and work the first time is the day you should also buy some lottery tickets oh my god i know i actually had to buy the case today because i got all the guts online and had them shipped here but it was going to be like an extra like 30 dollars just for shipping the case it's oh, like whatever i'll buy one from canada computer so i went there and i got it today and then normally lugging the thing around wouldn't be so bad except it was like a thousand fucking degrees so, yeah, I was, I was so sweaty when I got home that my tie was wet. <laughs> Ooh, oh, gosh, good Jeez. Lord. Yeah, I was like, oh. Uh, that's a fun image. <laughs> yeah. It's just case slipping out of your greasy hands. <laughs> Much like the heat in the town of Anvil. Ooh, boom, we call that a segue in business, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so, Preacher, I, I, I want to preface this by saying that you two gentlemen, I basically forced to watch this show because like I'm, so I'm like somebody's got to watch it so we can talk about it so I, I i politely requested that you guys tear through the episodes over the last few days which uh, i appreciate you both doing and i i, I like I, i've just been watching it weekly and 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 weekly i i every week i'm just trying to figure out is this a good show or not? Like, I'm just, I'm really, I'm really struggling with is this, this like because this the Nicholas Cage of shows. If it starts winning awards, is this the Nicholas Cage of shows? <laughs> it might be. Cause like, here's the thing. You two guys have not read the comic books for preacher. Correct. And I Correct. also, uh, restrained myself from looking up anything other than like the cast. Okay. And I, I have, but I will say that I read it like a decade ago. So it's not, fresh in the dome piece so if i start quoting stuff i could slight i could be slightly off but i'm, I'm pretty sure I, I i've got the gist of it Fine. we're talking about a show here not the comic but yeah we're, we're, we're going to be talking about the show and it, it, it's on amc which did the walking dead and they didn't copy when they did the walking dead they didn't copy it verbatim like they did like an adaptation and i i i should say that i hate the Walking Dead TV show, I don't watch it. I was out... Basically what happened was because I read The Walking Dead... Or I read like the first six, seven volumes of The Walking Dead and then I, I kind of just stopped uh, for reading comics for a while and, and when I got back into comics, I never picked Walking Dead back up. But when I heard the TV show was coming out, I was really excited because I was like, oh man, that would translate really well. Because the way, the way it was written, you could honestly just take the pages and use that as your storyboard for the Walking Dead TV show. Right. Which they kind of did for the first five, because I think the first season of The Walking Dead was like six episodes. So they kind of had uh, used... Classic AMC. <laughs> Yeah, they used the first thing kind of verbatim. They added a couple characters here and there, but it, it was a pretty cool adaptation for the first season until they got to that sixth episode where they were in some sort of bunker in Atlanta. That wasn't very good. That was one of the worst uh, season finales you'll ever see in the history of television. And then they just, they veered 
away from the comics in the second season, and the characters just became annoying to me, and I could not, for the life of me, want to stay with The Walking Dead. Mostly because they weren't acting the way you would act if you were in the apocalypse, because every episode was pretty much, we need to go somewhere, but it's super dangerous. Oh, well, we need supplies. Well, let's go there anyway, even though we might be killed, which you wouldn't do in real life. You would be like, let's come up with a plan B. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing people generally like to gloss over when they have their zombie apocalypse fantasies is that it's mostly just about picking the most comfortable way to die. Pretty much, yeah. And the thing that never, for some reason they never do it in, like, Whenever they do a zombie TV show or a zombie movie, zombies don't exist. They exist in that universe. No one's ever in, heard in of a zombie universe. before. <laughs> yeah, like no one ever sits down and goes, it's a fucking zombie, right? Like, I, like, I found myself, I only made it through the first season of The Walking Dead, and by the end of it, I was, even in the, by the middle of it, I was actively rooting for the zombies. Yeah. Like, every time they got someone, I was like, yeah! There was a certain point. There was a certain dead. point in The Walking, there was a certain point in The Walking Dead where every character was the annoying one. And it just, man, it, it wasn't good. And then they got to that farm in season two, and I turned it off halfway through season two. And then some of my, my other nerd buddies who kept watching were like, oh, you got to pop back in on season three because they're introducing Michonne, and Michonne was one of the better characters in the comics. She was the the samurai chick that would, like, walk, uh, that would walk with zombies that she had, you know, she'd slice the jaws and the arms and stuff off, and, and she would chain them to her and walk with them chained so that none of the other zombies would bother her, and it was like, ooh, that'll be cool. And then they, they, they brought her in, and I was just like, eh, this still isn't very good. And then I was just like, nope, not considering with Walking Dead. And I'm having the exact same internal dilemma right now with Preacher. So I would like to ask you, and let's start with Mike Leapock, as someone who has never read the Preacher comic book, do you know what's going on in this show? And do you care about the characters that, it, like, 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 do you care what happens to the particular characters that you have, you have met so far in the first six, seven episodes? Well, let's see. Uh, do I know what's going on? Absolutely not. Even when they explain okay. something, I'm just like, what? <laughs> like, like, that was, like, that the was... first episode... I literally was just like, what the fuck is happening? Like, ten times. Like, the entire first episode, I was like, what the hell? Like, now that I've seen six, it's like, all right, well, some stuff is coming together. But it's like, I don't know, it's all so silly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, of course, there's still a lot of stuff where it's just, like, the... It seems like with a lot of the stuff, they're being vague just for the sake of being vague. Like, they're not building good... Like, there's a lot of, like, what the fuck is going on, and it's just because they're purposely leaving out information not generating legitimate mysteries like um like why gene tried to kill himself they never brought that up and yeah. you know stuff like that and it's just like yeah they wouldn't talk about that one time but whatever well, they brought that up in episode seven i thought the most recent yeah they vaguely mentioned it in the most recent episode, and they did change what they did because that's another thing that's so weird about Preacher. Because knowing the comic book, because the comic book is extremely violent, it's one of the more violent comic books that has ever been done, and it was stylized in such a way that the that the extreme violence was so co comedic, right? It was kind of like Tarantino, you know, like in, in that scene when the bride is fighting the crazy eighty eight and she's just slicing dudes' arms off, and the guy's like, ah. 
yeah. blood spraying yeah. everywhere. Along similar uh, uh, yeah. roads, Pierce, can I ask you when the comic started? Because I'm getting like a very like late 80s, early 90s sort of McFarlane vibe from this. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was. I believe it started 95-ish. It, it, it's very, because it's done by Garth Ennis, right? And Garth Ennis, who has tremendous runs in... DC and but like both DC and Marvel. This was his baby. Okay, so it's not unreasonable that he like was a Spawn fan. <laughs> no, but Spawn is a whole other beast because Spawn could have only existed in the nineties. From it, it ran from ninety five to two thousand. Fair enough. I'm not an expert on Spawn either, but I'm getting that sort of vibe. <laughs> yeah, it had that it had that nineties antihero feel to it. But I mean, it, it was Garth Ennis's baby, and it, and Garth Ennis has always been a guy who likes uh, the violence, because he had a really good run, and I don't like this particular Marvel character, and I've said it on this podcast before, but, it. He, <laughs> but he did the Punisher. He did a he did the Punisher War Journal, I think. I think that was the run he did. And that was really good, because that was about him having the PTSD from being in Vietnam and stuff like that, which they bled into... Uh, spoiler alert, Lee Pock, because I know you haven't seen season two of Daredevil yet, but uh, they do... They, they do Basically, the Garthiness Punisher in season two of Daredevil, but I won't give away the actual stuff. And I mean, <laughs> it was so violent, and I knew that they weren't, and they got away with some of the violence in this show because, like, the thing that I think has been keeping everyone's interest through this preacher show is when they actually do the action sequences, they're quite spectacular. It's just yeah, really. I think um, yeah. actually remember there's a second half to your question. Do I care about the characters? Almost yeah. exclusively, no. Um, oddly yeah. enough, one of the only characters I care about is Cassidy, and mm-hmm. I think one of those reasons is because he had the best uh, introduction. Yeah, when he was just fighting those guys in the where plane, he killed like again. ten guys who were pulling axes and spears out of nowhere, and then he jumped. We had no idea what was happening in that scene. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah. I that was one of the moments where I was just like, "Wait, did I just miss something?" Like, yeah, did I fall asleep I, I for I half of doing, this episode? I, 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 I was doing something else at the same time. Like, I, I don't know what, but I looked down for like a second, and and then I looked back up, and then all of a sudden there were axes, and I'm like, "Weren't they just on a plane?" And I was watching it with Liz, and she's like, "Yeah, no, they're still there," and she's like, "I, I don't know what's happening." Yeah, and that, that's the thing that I, I, I think is the fundamental problem with this show, is that I've read the comic books, so I can, like, because this is the thing that's perplexed me. Like I said, I've read the comic books, I can fill in the blanks mentally, because I know the gist of what's going on in this, because having read it, but as two people who have not read the comic books, I'm sitting there thinking, if you haven't read the comic books and you're trying to get into the show, you've got to be fucking confused as to everything that's going on. Yeah, like, but literally everything. It's, it's so much so that they, I feel like they just do that on purpose, which is kind of mm-hmm. frustrating. It like, yeah, it reminds me of like the, I don't know, the middle of, uh, kind of the, the middle seasons of Lost when they I really had no idea what they were doing. Example. Thanks, yeah. <laughs> it's the middle there's a reason I never watched Lost and <laughs> yeah, I think this is why. They're bringing up random, uh, like, question upon question without actually really answering something and when they do it's just kind of like off to the side like oh yeah also this whereas for three episodes you're like oh wow they're purposely leaving it out it must be a really big deal and then it's just like oh yeah i'm like a vampire and yeah, like, every oh. scene raises like six more questions and at the end of every episode maybe they'll answer one of them and it's like god damn it just not enough is happening in this show for me yeah <laughs> yeah and they seem to be really focused on him actually being a preacher which is weird yeah. because 
that was just really not a thing. Like, there was tons of religious imagery, imagery, but, like, well, everything was, was religious. Like, religion drove the whole plotline of the show, but him actually being a preacher was such a minute part of the comic book, whereas season one has just been Jesse Custer sitting there going, I gotta get my church going, and apparently my dad used to be a preacher. I gotta get my like, preach on, I gotta practice my sermon, and, like, you're like, yeah. wow, I so don't care about you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, that was like, we can see where that would be a character motivation, but I don't need to see, like, you know, in this most recent episode, or I think the the, sec- the sixth one, like, you know, three of the main characters setting up chairs for five minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, okay, we get it. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this, though, because like, I've, I've been kind of duking on this show so far. I'll say the, the, the problems I have with this show have nothing, I cannot stress this enough, have nothing Nathan nada to do with the performances in this show, which are fucking fantastic across the board. Mm -hmm. I think like everybody is, is on point. Everybody is fantastic with what they've been given to do. They are all slaying it, especially (laughs) Ruth Nega. Yeah. Especially Ruth Nega. It's just, unfortunately the stuff that they've been giving to do a lot of the times fucking blows. Yeah, I was, but, I was going to say that too, is like, you can strongly buy that they are playing their characters uh, mm-hmm. insofar as we understand what those characters are supposed to be, which unfortunately we don't have a great picture of yet, but I mean, mm-hmm. we, we get the, the, I mean, at least, you know, you were saying before, we right before we started recording, like, this is only going to be a 10 episode season, so I mean, it feels extremely slow paced for 10 episodes. Yeah. Um, I mean, even more so than like a slow up season of game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, we're getting great performances, but I mean, I don't know who these characters are well enough to even judge that all the way. You know what I mean? And like, I feel the, like this the, is a prequel season. Yeah. And like the saint of killers sequences with the cowboy in the past, must have been. I can't even imagine how fucking confusing That's that must have been. Too. Yeah, there have been like I think two yeah. of those so far, and I have no idea. Like I've given over probably fifteen yes. minutes of it so far. And yeah, that's and, far and, too many minutes for what context I have for that. If you haven't read the comic book, you like I can't even understand. Like like you guys haven't read the comic book, so when those were going on, you you must have been like, why is this happening? What did you why call are it we Saint watching? of Killers? Yeah, that's what he is. He's the Saint of Killers. Okay. Is the is the uh, Graham McTavish, who by the way looks fucking awesome as the Saint of Killers. But basically, in the comic book, and this will be like a spoiler alert. And I guess I should have said spoiler alert up top for Preacher, but we were reviewing it, so. But hey, guess obviously. what? You haven't missed much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me what the plot has been so far, I dare you. <laughs> exactly right. Ba- basically, in the comic books, so Genesis takes over. Much like in the comic book, Genesis enters uh, Jesse Custer's body oh, and then gives him this, yeah, yeah, and then gives him this power, and then him and Cassidy go on a. It, it basically turns into this weird buddy cop movie because he randomly bumps into Cassidy, and they they they're just like, I'm sick of this town. Let's go on an adventure, and they they leave the town of Anvil and go on a <laughs> just this incredibly weird. Falman Louise but, meets Supernatural. Yeah, a little bit. Kind We're going to get our dad's Impala. We're going to tour around in the Midwest killing demons yeah. and fighting angels. Yeah, because it's just... That sounds way more interesting than him working on a sermon for eight hours. Hey, you should watch yeah. Supernatural, my man. There's like 11 seasons. <laughs> Dig in. It's my mind. Because, like, we're sitting here. Because, like, them going on the road with Tulip 
is so much more, and, and just, because basically they do the, because it's, it, you know, it's very Western stylized, so, and, you know, what's better than, what better Western plot is there than the stranger who moseys into town, realizes the town is fucked up, and then, you know, fixes what's fucked up about the town. Yep. And, the like, every Western. <laughs> yeah, the mysterious stranger, and, and except there was three of them, and one was a guy who had the voice of God, one was a, a badass sharpshooting woman, and the other was a fucking Irish vampire who swore all the time. Of course, the thing drugs. is, it doesn't really work for the the stranger thing with the other two because they were born and raised there. Mm-hmm. So it's like, like really, the stranger, <laughs> the stranger is going to fix everything. Yeah. Is the Irish vampire, and that's I exactly. think why the only reason I care about him. <laughs> it's, it's just so. And he's the this. Yeah, it's just so fucking because like they're sitting here in this town and he's still trying to you know he's like I'm trying to get my church going and stuff and it's just like good lord leave this town like, well, like all, all of the cool stuff that happened in this show never happened in Anvil you know my real right? my real question in all of this is who mm-hmm. thought it was a good idea to give him that job in the first place and how did he get it was it not an interim pastor for the last like 15 just, years yes I don't know <laughs> I just assumed he was the he's the only guy who asked for the job <laughs> <laughs> right, like yeah, yeah but it, it seems like like okay, so he, had, he this was his dad's church, right? So it's like he inherited it, mm-hmm. but his yes. dad died when he was a little kid. Presumably. He owns the land w- which they have established. So did in he kick the right? old pastor out? Or maybe it just <laughs> the church is really shitty looking though. So maybe there just wasn't a pastor for I don't know the fifteen twenty. It probably would have been longer than that because, like, Jesse Custer's probably in his mid-30s, right? So it's probably, like, 20, 25 years before he came back and was like, all right, let's do it. But, and then that organist has been sitting there just every day waiting for someone to show up. holy Christ, I couldn't get – she is made of that – Um, oh, God, what, what's her name? Uh, the, the actress, she was in flipping uh, – Lucy Griffiths. She was in uh, True Blood, and it's not her fault. Because the character fucking blows, but I couldn't give a like any time she's on screen, I'm just like because you haven't seen episode seven yet, Miller. But episode oh, seven have, or Lee Pock, sorry, Lee, Miller saw it. There's this scene in episode seven where there's four people sitting at a table, and it's Custer, Tulip, Jesse, and then Lucy Griffith's character, oh, whose name I don't even fucking together remember. Together at last. <laughs> yeah, and it's I'm just sitting there thinking, she, like. And then eventually Jesse pisses off Cassidy and Tulip, and they leave, and then it's just him and her, and she says something to him, and I'm just like, you don't even belong in the scene! Like, what are you doing here? It's just like, and anytime she's in, like, they have, like, a... belong in that scene. That scene shouldn't have happened. (laughs) But they have, like, a thing where it's, like, she's sleeping with the guy who plays the mayor, and it's just like, I don't give a fuck. It's like, what are you doing? Like, let's spend more time with with Quinn Cannon and, and, and just... Man, I, I don't get that the inclusion of that character one iota. I, I, I it, it was, it seems like they're setting it up to be like this. Will they? Won't weird, they? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it's not even the will they won't they, but it's love like quadrangle. oh, yeah. We want the love triangle with with Tulip and Jesse, and, and and but it's like you already have Cassidy for that, and it's like what are you doing? It's just oh man, like the the writing in this series. Well, man, and, and some, Mike's right on the money when he says that Cassie feels like the guy who's doing anything, whereas everyone else just feels like they're living out their daily or weekly lives. Yeah, and it fucking blows, right? Like, like, I, I came here looking for a comic, and, I mean, there's a little bit of vampire mayhem thrown in there, and occasionally yeah. some angel stuff, and yeah. that's been it. Like, that's probably been a total of, like, 30 minutes of on-screen stuff over the last seven episodes. Some, some of the silly uh, comic stuff, though, is, is, is 
phenomenally well done. Like the fights. Oh the fight yeah, that is the best stuff. Yes, like there there was the like uh, opening for I think angle. the sixth episode where they were just beating the hell out of each other ad nauseum in that hotel room. Yeah, and they kept dying. It was phenomenal. and that was that was probably the best scene in the entire series so far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it like pans Not out yet. through the hole in the wall, and the the woman is dead on the other side of it too. Mm-hmm. Stylistically, it, it it's the way they're shooting it is is very pretty and and a little Breaking Bad esque in the way they they decide to frame an image and stuff like that. It, it's it's yeah, absolutely, it's good. So I don't I don't want to. It's just like I said, just some of the stuff they write on the show just fucking blows. I just I can't even. Well, that's just it. I, there's some good stuff. There's some there's some not great stuff. But overall, it just it feels so bland. Like. Yeah, exactly. Very bland. Like, like bland's a great word for it. Because some of the... Because they basically... You get cool stuff like that plane sequence in episode one, the the fun sequence in episode one as well, where Tulip told those kids, like, hey, hide in the cellar. And then you just heard, like, a bunch of stuff happening. And then, like, it was a way for AMC to save yeah, a bit of money. Yeah. But, but then she came out, and but then the kids came out, and there was, like, a helicopter blown up in the front yard. Oh, yeah, I just love the uh, yeah. the wide shot of, like, her driving through the, the cornfield. It's <laughs> just, like, from, like, yeah. 100 feet above, just winding through, making a big ass shit. Yeah, like, that was, like, a lot of that stuff is so good. Like, when you get to those scenes, mm-hmm. it's great. It's just right now you have to sit through a lot of bullshit. Like, like, we got cool scenes with all the characters in the first yeah. episode, and that's basically, like, I mean, there have been a couple cool scenes since, but, like, again, maybe two or three over the next six episodes. <laughs> yeah, and, like, the church fight scene with the... It's, honestly, basically, if it's not a fight scene, it's pretty much been bullshit in this show, because... The scene when they were in the church with the chainsaw and stuff, yeah. that was a lot of fun. And, and I mean, fun. half the fight scenes were in the first episode. And mm-hmm. the first episode by itself wasn't strong enough to get me definitely on board. Like, that wasn't even enough. Mm-hmm. Like, it, the, we didn't get a good understanding of what was happening then, and we still haven't really got it. So I was trying to explain what the Saint of Killers was, because the Saint of Killers basically is... He's basically the angel of death, right? And it's supposed to be kind of a Clint Eastwood-y you know, man with no name style, I don't take any bullshit. Uh, Roll in the town, Except people that one die, scene where he took all sorts of bullshit. Yeah, well, that's the thing. <laughs> that we're, seeing, we're seeing him when he was alive. Oh, which yeah. Is weird, which is weird because his we didn't even get his story until after the Preacher run was over because then the Preacher run was so popular that they were like, well, let's do the Saint of Killers. Let's, you know, do 10 issues telling the Saint of Killers origin, right? Which was one of those things where I'm like, who cares, right? Like, it's just you have a badass guy, just have him be badass. He doesn't need a, uh, he just didn't need a background, right? It was just like, what I made up in my head was more interesting than than actually telling me what happened. That's one of those things, right? And basically, he was the, like, you don't see him until, like, I think the second or third volume. Because Jesse and, and and the trio go on their, you know, go on their walkabout, basically. And then they start messing stuff up so badly that God's like, I got to put a stop to this. And God sends down his angel of death, which is the saint of killers. And he's just this, like I said, Clint Eastwood cowboy who rolls into town and just murders everything on, on a way on, you know, on his way to trying to track down Genesis and Jesse. And like, if you haven't read the comic book that those sequences make no fucking sense. And, like, episode three, I I would assume, if they didn't do the thing where they flashed up the 
the the thing and said like you know eighteen nineteen or whatever it was in that yeah, creature yeah. style lettering. I don't even think you would think you were watching the fucking the same show, right? Like you'd be like, yeah, with that I, really really overly dramatic music when he's just rolling into town and then yeah. sits down and doesn't drink and it's like oh my god. Like the thing is, is uh, the entire time I've been thinking, well, there's got to be some sort of big payoff for this right yeah it's gonna like, tie in somehow this, this is somehow season. gonna tie in and now that i know that it's literally just the background of a character we haven't met yet i'm like that's bullshit yeah like, how and, is like this said, not a bigger deal that's one of those things where i'm like well i know who this fucking guy is but if you haven't watched the show you'd be like what is this bullshit why percent like, of your audience doesn't <laughs> yeah i'm like why are you spending your time oh my god it's just stop well, you know what it makes me realize pierce uh mm-hmm. like seven years after the fact is that if in the uh, Watchmen movie if they had all done all the comic stuff like that pirate pirate story yeah <laughs> that would have right, been, that, that been completely out of place too like we'd be kind yeah. of like griping about it at the time because we were like oh that was cool but it was cool for us no it, it doesn't fit it doesn't fit in at all it's, 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 you know, I, I understand that decision completely now well because they also changed it where like they changed a bunch uh, yeah, the, the ending too right now that said what they did with the beginning of Watchmen, where they adapted, they took Alan Moore's genius story and then adapted it to that opening sequence where he was adding like, Time you know, a show. changing. Yeah. Because it's it all the universe, universe stuff, right? <laughs> exactly. And the comedian was the second gunman on the grassy knoll yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. It's just like, oh man, like all of that stuff was fucking brilliant, right? And you really haven't got any anything quite like that in Preacher TV show. Zack Snyder's and, best movie. <laughs> Probably. Well, Dawn of the Dead was the Dawn of the Dead remake was probably his best movie, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I don't know. There's certain things that I I wanted to because the violence when when it was on AMC, like Preacher, I just it would have been better if HBO picked the show up because they could have done the violence, but also all of the extremely over the top sexual stuff that Preacher features. But you can't do that on AMC. For instance, they're not going to do... They're trying to find a way... Because the, the Odin Quinn Cannon character and Jackie Earl Haley is, is fantastic as that character. He's the, the bald dude. Yep, yep. Yeah, the bald dude who owns the, the meatpacking plant. His thing is... And that was another thing where Odin Quinn Cannon ran like a different town. I think the town was called Salvation, if I remember properly, in, in the comic books. So it was one of those things where they moseyed into his town and he, you know, ran this meatpacking plant and it was kind of a barren. <laughs> yeah, it was. Well, it was like, you know, how Sweetums. In, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. It, it was like Sweetums in friggin. Uh, Bobby Newport. Parks and, yeah. Parks and Rec. Uh, Parks and Rec. Thank you. <laughs> Glad somebody remembered the name of the TV show. Paul where Rudd. She tried to she try uh, she tried to talk bad about Sweetums and they were like, you can't talk bad about Sweetums because Sweetums owns the company that. Yeah, owns you know, the paper. Yeah, they own well, the yeah, paper. Yeah, when they were running for city yeah. council, they're like, okay, but if I lose, I'm going to take the company out of the city. <laughs> yeah, and they employ yeah. half the town, so. Exactly, and that was, that was that's the town of Salvation and Quincannon meat meatpacking plant. FlexCorp. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Luther built half a metropolis, exactly. And oh, the thing about Odin Quincannon was he was this despicable little man who... Spoiler alert if you haven't read the comic book, but I'm going to spoil this for you guys. When Jesse Custer finds him and, and eventually kills him, oh. <laughs> there's always these things. We always see these things in the comic book where guards, where he would walk into this private room and guards would be uh, 
guarding the private room and you were it was just like what the fuck is he doing in there right and you knew and you just in at this point it's like volume seven of preacher so you know it's just going to be something disgusting when you finally get in that room Mm -hmm. and when you do jesse gets in there and jesse's like who at this point again like i said is seven volumes deep has seen some shit and goes even he as the character in the book or as the you know the main character of the book even he is like holy fuck this is so disgusting i can't even like put it together and what Odin Quinn Cannon was doing was he had fashioned a meat woman using various raw meats and he was having sex with this giant Amazon meat woman that he had created and it was incredibly disgusting and it was one of those things where I was just like what the fuck am I reading right but but I didn't stop because I was too deep at that point and then Jesse Custer kills him and so Pierce learned about a new fetish that day exactly (laughs) able to forget it And I learned something deep and terrible about myself. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't do that on AMC. You can do that on HBO, but you can't do that on AMC. So AMC's weird stylized version of that is you'll see Jackie Earl Haley like looking fondly out the window while he's listening to the sounds of like cows being slaughtered and stuff through an intercom, yeah. which is their kind of way of just being like, okay, there's something seriously tweaked with this guy. And it's just, a guy having sex with a meat mannequin is really the tip of the iceberg in <laughs> the disgusting stuff that went on in this comic book. And I just, I don't know how they're going to be able to do Th- That was my big thing when I was like, when I, I found out, Oh, the preacher show has been greenlit. What channel? AMC. And I was like, AMC. Network. I was like, network. You kidding me? <laughs> right. Well, at least they like, can do a fair amount of violence. I mean, they're not, right. I mean, in the first, o- the opening scene of the show, they blew up a dude. Yeah, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And then apparently Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah I caught that. That was a fun reference. Yeah. And then like three yeah. episodes later, like, as a nation says goodbye to the star of the silver screen. And I'm like, all yeah. right, yeah. Keep, keep referring back to that. I love it. That's probably yeah. one of my favorite things about the show so far. Yeah, that that was that that was good. Was that was that from the comic or just like that's no no no? Show? Well, because this was in 1995, right? So I don't mm. think. Did we know that Tom Cruise was in the Church of Scientology back then? I do not think, no, no. They kept that that a secret until around Katie Holmes' time. Yeah. Because uh, he changed publicists. Apparently he's always been crazy, but he changed publicists around the same time. I think he was getting married to Katie Holmes, so, you know, Mm. early 2000s or whatever, and fired his publicist, and and then it was the publicist who was keeping him sane and in the public eye. No, so that, that was definitely added. Now, a few things that I'm, I'm wondering how they're going to do, and you you mentioned it earlier, Miller, with um, Eugene and how they explained his um, what he does. Yeah, Arseface, right? Because he was basically Arseface in the comic book, and they changed it. And uh, I'm going to spoil this a little bit for you, Lee Park, because you had to seen the seventh, but what, what Jesse said he did, and maybe this is just rumors and this isn't what actually happened that night. What, what they said he did was the, the, the girl that Je- uh, Jesse Custer went to go see, I forget the name they put on her. Yeah, me too. Loach was the last name. I don't remember. Tracy Loach. That's yeah. It. Tracy Loach. Basically she was his like high school sweetheart and Eugene got up the courage to say he loved her. She turned him down, and then he turned a shotgun on her and then on himself. And in the comic book, what happened was he had this buddy named 
pube, I think, or something. Right. Just something stupid. Something stupid like R-space that. R-space and pube I, together. At least. R-space and pube. Well, he wasn't R-space yet, but it was pube and, and, and Eugene Root. And they were both giant fans of, they were both, the two of them were outcasts, right? So they bonded together through their outcasting. And because this came out in 1995, um, the two characters were obsessed with Nirvana. And eventually, and the dad who, his dad, who's actually a lot nicer in the comic book, or in the TV show, uh, Hugo Root, like W. Earl Brown, who plays his, his father. Yeah, the sheriff. Yeah, the sheriff, other than the one time he kind of yelled at his son, like his like his dad was abusive in the in the comic book, which is why Eugene and and his friend were a bit more outcasts and and just looking more troublemakers, right? Like it made more sense because he was coming from an abusive home, and the two of them just loved Nirvana so much. And then they found out that Kurt Cobain killed himself. Oh Jesus! <laughs> and then they said, "Well, if our hero killed himself, we have to emulate our hero, right?" And his buddy turned a gun on himself and successfully killed himself. And then Eugene picked the shotgun up, pointed it at his face or, well, he pointed it like under his chin or something like that. And then it blew it up, but it didn't kill him. And then it gave him the, the, the arse face. And I'm just like, you can't tell the story like that. If you're putting it in 2016, which they're doing, right? Yeah. Cause it wouldn't make sense for a kid who's a millennial to be like, Oh, Kurt Cobain I just died read the Wikipedia article on Kurt Cobain. Exactly, right? So I don't. So they came up with this Tracy Loach thing, which I think makes, if that is the story they're going with, it makes our space far less sympathetic. Yeah, but there was a nod to it, I think. Like he had that yeah. Nirvana logo in a, on a sticker on the inside of his locker, the one scene. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I think he wore a T-shirt in one episode that was like, uh, or he had, I think he had the Nevermind poster. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. When we went up there, too. Um, so there were little lifts like that, but you can't tell the story like that, right? So, and like I said, if you tell a story where he shot a girl who rejected him and then turned the gun on himself, that makes him just, if that is indeed how the story went down, that does not make our space like the one sympathetic character that exists in this universe, right? It's just... Yeah, as of uh, the first six episodes, I was like, yeah, he's the only decent person so far. Yeah, in the, like, who's not a piece of shit human being, right? That Which, we find it, out that maybe he is. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he's the worst of everybody, right? And it was it was just so... Not a great shot, though, because he killed no one in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess not, yeah. He shotgun blast the face, and he's over for 2. Um, what did you guys... What do you guys think of the two uh, angel characters that they, they have walking around? Because those are made-up characters as well. I think they're playing the part well of people who don't know how to be people. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty entertaining. I mean, yeah. it's pretty funny when they die. Yeah. <laughs> was, was... The best one, of course, was when they... Well, okay, so there was the scene in the hotel room where they all both died over and over and over again. Yeah, and then there's yeah. one where they're all decked out with, like, body armor and machine guns, and then Cassie just comes out of nowhere yeah, with, his, his, with this magically silent van that no one could hear <laughs> well, the field. That's... That's just that's you wouldn't hear that thing going or you can't blame preacher for that. That's just a a thing in movies and TV. For some reason, you cannot hear a vehicle until it's on screen in TV and movies. That's just not even because they did it in well, they do it in fucking everything, but they also did it in the Dark Knight Rises, right? When they had Batman trapped in the uh, in the alleyway, and then all of a sudden it was like and flew away in the 
in the bat or whatever it was. Yeah, and it was yeah. like, oh my god, you didn't hear him powering that say, up. That's a, that's a trope that they subverted on The Office of all things. <laughs> really? Yeah, what there was, was the scene when um, Andy and Dwight find out that they've both been sleeping with Angela. They like have a duel. And Andy shows up late, like, Dwight's like, oh, he wussed out, but he's just, like, driving up slowly behind Dwight and his Prius. <laughs> and Oscar's <laughs> like, you see the Prius, under five miles an hour, is completely silent. He deserves to win. <laughs> he just crushes <laughs> Dwight's legs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord. Yeah, that was bit, that's just a weird thing in movie and TVs, is, is you never hear a vehicle <laughs> until it's actually on the screen, right? Because that's why people are always like, because just in movies in general, people get run over, and it's like, really, dude, you didn't hear the roar of the engine, like, a block away? Yeah, people don't have a great understanding of the Doppler effect. <laughs> no, it's, it's yeah, it's just it, a thing. It's super convenient. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a weird thing we've chosen to accept with movies and TV. Well, I mean, it was played to a great, I, I laughed. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, like, Lee Park. Lee Proc brings up a good point that it was just in the, like, this one was particularly egregious because it was at night in the middle of a desert. Yeah, with, where there'd be a huge amount of echo. <laughs> and presumably no sound to mask it yeah, whatsoever. Exactly. Right? <laughs> oh, man. Um, the Donnie character that they made up for this show, I can't believe we spent more than the first episode with that character. Donnie. Donnie's the guy who got his arm broke in the first episode. Oh, my God, yes. Why... He was a total pilot. He's supposed to be a total pilot character. Well, yeah, and he's like this big bully that we're all like, you know, yeah. supposed to dislike, and he is completely dislikable at all moments. Mm-hmm. And then every once in a while, they have these weird, like, redeeming scenes. It's like, are you trying to yeah. add depth to this guy, but he's still just a dick? Well, I think they're just using him as a device to kind of tie it all together because he's the one who kind of realized that, uh, um, I don't know if it was the most recent episode or the second last episode that, um, uh, Jesse had put the whammy on King Cannon. Yeah. Like, he was the guy who was just kind of talking there. He was like, oh, what did he say to you? What did he say to you? Because he said this stuff to me. Like, he he's kind of acting yeah. as our surrogate to kind of help put things together. Which is weird, because, like I said, this Donnie, Donnie character, he was a pilot character at most. Like, he shows up, he's the villain of just the pilot that the main character has to overcome by the end of the episode and then by the end and then does when he broke his arm and then but when you do that you never see that character again right like he was a pilot bad guy or if you do he's just it. like kind of scuttles away like oh no because he, he yeah, at he, that point you know in in the the tv tropes and thematically and stuff he yeah. should be essentially biff right like you yes. beat him he's done ta-da he's off somewhere else exactly um, but now it's like he had that scene where he was like talking to his son and he's like, I'm not really hurting your mom. It's just adults are complicated. And then his wife did the thing where, where she was like, you know, you got to get your manhood back or whatever. And I'm just like, who the fuck? I don't care about you too. Why are we spending time with these two characters? It's just like, Oh my God. yeah. It's, it was so weird to me. Cause it was just like, he is a pilot villain. You see him in that episode. That's it. And it's just to establish that our main character could fight and is a badass. And then you never see that guy again, or if you do, he's just basically the, the joke. That was also More an excellent than scene, by the way. With the, yes. the, the bar fight scene. I loved the little smirk that he had during the entire time. Like, he just, he looked so relaxed. Like, he was like, that's the smile of a person who's, like, sitting on a beach, like, drinking drinking <laughs> yeah. a, a cool, just, just having a cool drink. Yeah. Just being like, ah, that's nice. Our boy Howard Stark. <laughs> yeah. And he just, he said the thing where he was like, 
Yeah, you know, and, and he did the thing where Cassidy has a line where he goes, where'd you learn to fight like that? And he says something like, story for another day. And if you read the comic, you know where Jesse learned to fight. You know, that, not that's something that I'm okay with as being like, oh, yeah. we'll introduce this later. But it seems yeah. like they're doing that with so much. They capture yeah. Fox, read episode 119, true believers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, they did the thing, too, right, where the two of them were like, yeah, after they cleaned up the bodies and they were they were like standing there in their underwear and he goes, you know, this is like Pulp Fiction. And then they started looking at each other's tattoos and he goes, where'd you get that one? And, and he's like, oh, mean old lady gave it to me. And if you're a comic book reader, you're like, ah, mean old lady gave it to him. But if you're not, it's just like, again, if you're not, you're just like, okay, that's vague, right? Yeah, that wasn't even worth notice, but I guess it was a, yeah. I guess it was a note to something. Yeah, it. I won't ruin it for you guys, but yeah, it's it's a rather large antagonist that exists in the in the in the series. But I just like the decisions uh, they're having. Ruth Nega, who's been excellent as as Tulip O'Hare, the decisions they're they're making with that particular character are scru- scrupulous at best. I would say scrupulous. Yeah, it's just very weird. I don't, it's just, the, the, way, the way they have that character bouncing around and doing stuff that are completely out of the... Well, yeah, she's... She's, she's not a consistent character. That's my issue with her, actually, because she's, seven, she's playing the hell of that character, and she had that fantastic opening scene with the kids, mm-hmm. uh, and since then has basically been like, oh, what's my character motivation? Well, I'm, I'm kind of giving up on that for the time being. Now I'm going to help uh, Jesse run a church, and I'm going to make a shitty dinner Sarcastic. for everybody. Yeah, and uh, sarcastically walk around and all and these gamble in this whorehouse and <laughs> break this kid's toy and then fix it and like just <laughs> real crazy like show up just like crazy ex girlfriend shit and yeah <laughs> yeah like I don't know I hope for better yeah cause like like I said everybody on this show is killing it it's just the writing it just blows it really yeah. does also a uh, MCU alum. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Ruth Nega was was an MCU alum. Uh, Raina from Marvel Agents, yeah. uh, Marvel Agents of Shield. Yeah. A lot of these people were in comic book movies. I think like Dominic Cooper obviously was. Uh, you know, I've already seen him more as uh, Jesse Custer than I have as uh, Howard Stark, and so he's been completely replaced in my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the guy who played Cassidy. I think. Maybe not him, but somebody else in the show has a. Uh, well, I mentioned what's her face was in True Blood. Yeah, Cassidy's actually giving me a strong vibes of just like you know, here's Cassidy as season one of Angel, where you've got a, yeah. where you've got an Irish vampire and also like this wise crack and like you know, kind of demon mm-hmm. guy like like it's basically Angel's sort of stats in in this his demon buddies. Uh, I forget his name, but. He ends up dying by the end of the first season, and it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> Doyle, that's it. Doyle. But, uh, the the guy who played the, the tall guy, Tom Brook, who plays Fiora, he was in Game of Thrones. He played one of the Freys in like season three. I think he was in the Red Wedding. To be honest with you. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I think he was one of the guys at the Red Wedding. I, I can't confirm or deny that, but oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like ninety yeah, percent like certain he he was at the. Actually, I'm going to go back and watch that scene because, like, wouldn't it be hilarious if he, uh, 
<laughs> Wouldn't it be hilarious if he was like the one who stabbed uh, what's her face in the baby? <laughs> oh man, um, I think I hit everything I wanted to particularly hit about the problems I had with the show. Because uh, I mean, the main thing I just have with the show is if if you haven't read the comic book, it's just I can't imagine you know what the fuck is going on, or that you even care about the characters on screen, right? Yeah, and I just. I mean, do you guys have anything you wanted to add or any, any particular points you wanted to make? A lot of, a lot of smash cuts in this show. I think it comes from, like, yeah. the, the comic, it, the source material. Like, the mm-hmm. fact that it's a, a, a comic book. But, I don't know, I just, I just feel like, like a lot of it is directed as if they took a comic and used that as a storyboard and then just didn't have any connecting scenes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I have no ties to this show, honestly. Like, this is going to be one of those things where you say there's 10 episodes this season, so I'll probably now forget about it until you ask mm-hmm. me if I finish it. And I'll go, oh, yeah, uh, and I'll, like, on mm-hmm. a Sunday afternoon watch the last three episodes and be like, eh, and then forget about it by the time season two comes around. <laughs> I, yeah, it's uh, I, it, it's overall, like, the thing is, it's it's funny because it's... Like, it's decent, there's, there's but super clearly, forgettable. Yeah, well, th- there's clearly some someone really good behind it because they've he occasionally has some really great it has some really great scenes but other stuff is it's just boring like yes. i find myself watching the show time sometimes i'm just like uh yeah yeah no it's, it's kind and of I a matter just, of finding those needles in the haystack unfortunately i get i get not following the comic book to a t because it doesn't all translate especially when you're when you're updating it for a 20 years later type of deal. But I will say if they yeah, want no, me to continue Yeah, if you want me to continue watching through season 2, I'm going to need a little bit more I I need them to follow the comic books a little bit more. Like I'm I'm not saying they need to tore, like tear from the headlines, but I'm just I'm I'm going to need more do something good from the comics maybe? Like yeah, exactly. Because like they're they're not really because Jesse Custer spent very little time actually trying to be a preacher in the comic book, whereas <laughs> this show has decided to take up most of the time. Yeah, and I mean, so looking have... at what the previews are for like the next episode, I imagine things might be coming to an end there for him. It looks like stuff or another. Up, yeah, it looks like a lot of stuff's gonna blow up in the in episode eight. There, I will. I will oh, say sure, that. and I and imagine that you know, much the way any season kind of has to end, it's gonna be. Mm-hmm destroying what they've set up and kind of pushing the characters on a new path for better or for worse. Because they're setting up meeting his family members or his, his quote unquote family members, which if you've read the comic book are some of the best and most reviled characters in the history of the show or in the history of the comic. And if we spend an entire 10 episodes with them next season, it, it could make for a really good, that like, that that made for a fantastic arc in the comic book. That's all I'm gonna say. And if if that's it, seems like that's their intention to do in season. It seems like they're heading to, in that direction for season yeah. two. The way I, I just worry that the season's gonna end kind of anticlimactically because it really hasn't been building that much of a climax. Yeah, exactly. It's not. It's like not there are there anything. are a few tensions that we see. Right, we can kind of see like some yeah. quadrangle stuff that doesn't really. We don't care that much, and it's not. Like, it's like, not super important even to the characters. It seems. Um, like there's especially kind of some since tension two of the people, thing. two of the people in that love quadrangle don't really know that they're in it or care that they are. 
Exactly. Uh, we've got this uh, only recently sort of tension between uh, Jesse and King Cannon. Yeah. Um, I mean, we Donnie so we're apparently is making be doing something. I'm guessing probably yeah, we're going to see. They're making models. That was fucking weird. I didn't get that scene one iota. It's just they randomly needed a reason for Jesse and King Cannon to be bonding. So they were just like, ah, what if they were making models? And it was like, I don't know, just. A lot of things in the back of people's minds. It just not seems like it's trying to build to something, but we don't care that much because nothing has been yeah. built yet. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, we're at not this point in the season, it might be too late, but I'm, I guess I'm excited to see what happens in these last few episodes. Like, I'll, I'll finish up this season. I don't know if I'm going to be watching it like day and date like I would Game of Thrones, but I'll finish this season. I don't know that I'm going to watch the next one. They have to impress me still. It hasn't happened yet. Yeah, it certainly doesn't feel like we're driving to a conclusion with Preacher yeah, this season. Exactly. Right? Like we're not we're we're not heading towards something. And if it's an anticlimactic season finale, then I'm probably done. <laughs> mm. You know what I'm afraid of is that it's going to be uh, like a huge cliffhanger kind of season finale. And if it's like that, then I'm like, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't and, and I would consider that an anticlimax too, because it's like, but wait, what about this other thing? See you in a year, suckers. And it's like, okay, you don't really have me on the hook, though. You didn't. <laughs> yeah. <own that>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, in a year, or, I don't, or not. Like, or not. I don't, I don't, care. don't forget about us, please. Oh, wait, I kind of want to know what happens. I guess I'd have to look it up on Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think they do that. What I could see them doing is they could end whatever they're doing right now, again, and I, whatever they're doing right now, I, I say that because I have no idea what the hell they're doing right now in this show. And so let's say everything kind of resolves for season one credits roll. And then you have like an after credit scene where like a beam of light comes down from, (laughs) you know, the sky hits the ground. And then, uh, Graham McTavish is there as the saint of killers, but he's in, we know he's in modern times and he just kind of like dusts off his coat and starts walking in a direction. That would be the only, that wouldn't be enough for me at this point. That's not even. Well, that's. Enough. I'm just saying that's that's not that's just the tease for like because they can't like you said they haven't earned enough to do like an actual cliffhanger. But that's just like a, a mini tease that they could do where sure. people who people who read the comics would be like oh. What, you know, I'm, and, what I'm kind of getting at though is they haven't earned yeah. the Game of Thrones season format, which is to say they no. they can't have the climax like in the eighth or ninth episode and then just build like towards the cliffhanger for the yeah, tenth. and then plant the seeds for the next because season. they yeah. they haven't earned that for me yet they haven't built enough of a climax that they have one waiting yet and so the tenth episode better be spectacular <laughs> that's you really the only chance they have <laughs> you know it's a big question that I, I I have been wondering the whole time so the angels that came down they mm-hmm. see you know preacher and they see yes. that he's obviously a this a complete fuckwad and they're yeah. like don't use the power it's awful. And, you know, and he's like, no, I'm going to use it literally all the time, constantly every day. (laughs) They know how dangerous it is. Why don't they just fucking put a bullet in his head? Like, they know where he lives. They know where he works. He was sitting outside setting up chairs for like an hour. They could have just, you know, set him with a sniper rifle and just plugged him right in the brain. If if I can... Either the power either either leaves or it goes flying off somewhere else. But guess what? Whoever it's going to find next, probably going to be less of a fuckwad than he is. That that was my thing is uh, we've seen like in the first episode where it enters preachers of one sense or another, they explode and then it goes to the next one. 
So, I mean, it, it seems like they're looking to contain it now that they know where it is and doing that by any means necessary mm-hmm. rather than losing it to the other side of the earth again. Well, sure, but he's and just who knows how much such a tool. They also managed to find it. Yeah. I mean, they managed to find it pretty quickly. It was like, that's what, that's like a week or something of that thing yeah. flying around? Well, that's another thing that you bring up, Leapock, is this version that they have of Jesse Custer. Do you want to root for this guy? Oh, God, no. Yeah, like, that's the thing. It doesn't feel like... I'm, like, watching this going, I don't want to root for this guy. Certainly the snappiest dresser. Yeah, I mean, can't argue with the outfit. <laughs> I don't know how he keeps or that the hair. hair going in that desert. <laughs> in that humidity, but either way. But, I mean, just like, yeah, this is... this, And it's not, like I said, it's not Dominic Cooper's fault, who's doing, you know, just fine, but it's just everything they give him to do. It just I feel like he's playing like it a, like a villain. Yeah, he's, he seems like such a jerk, and I'm like... I don't want to, like, again, if you're not reading the comic books, you would be like, I don't want to cheer for this fucking guy, right? Like, no. Because uh, you're like, oh, he's a preacher, and he gets this power, and he's is being yeah. kind of selfish with it. <laughs> and that's, in the comic books, he would never use it this... Frequently? Frivol- frivolously? Yeah, fr- either. <laughs> like, both words, frequently or frivolously. He would <laughs> he would pick his spots to use it, and, and sometimes he would use it to comedic effect, but, uh, you know, that's neither here nor there, but... It wasn't just like, yeah. Like it Pop seems like he's doing, foot. <laughs> yeah. Like he's, yeah. He's you know, that was doing shadow like, boxing. <laughs> yeah. Faster. Yeah. Oh, man. Weird. Very weird. Like you, I just you don't like the fact that you don't want to cheer for Jesse Custer. I think is is a a tragedy and a, it's just a travesty of of, of large proportions. Yeah, and the... it just speaks to this. It's honestly just, it's very poorly written. It's very poorly written. Cassidy I mean, has what, no motivation as far as I've been able to tell, and Tulip is the only one that I kind of want to see yeah. awesome more and was awesome at the beginning, and I'm kind of disappointed that she hasn't continued to be awesome. Yeah, because they, they... She's the one I'm cheering for most now, and that's not really saying yeah. a hell of a lot. No. And then you have a bunch of other people that, you honestly, you just can't give a fuck about. And it would be weird if Kelly Leak from Bad News Bears had sex with a meat mannequin. I don't think I could ever, like, <laughs> like people throw the phrase raping my childhood around. But that that, that might actually be, like, if, if I see Kelly Leak from Bad News Bears, like, having sex with a meat mannequin, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's like Dude. a political cartoon. All we have to do is take a screen cap of that and an impact font over the meat monster, right? <laughs> my childhood. I think, yeah. I think the show is, is way too boring for meat mannequin. They, they, yeah. they that would be a hell of a show. It can't be, like, just, it just can't come out of nowhere. Like, you can't throw that into any show. No. And, like, it can't be, like, you know, next on Friends. Yeah. <laughs> Prop Joey. <laughs> Yeah, a commercial break and have like you know, hey kids, fruit by the foot. You gotta have like the context for that, and there's 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 nothing like that. Stuff. All I can see is if like they they do like the because he's been listening to those tapes of like cows being slaughtered. Like all I can see is like him like getting frustrated and going into the slaughterhouse himself and like breaking cows' necks with his bare hands, like doing that sort of grim shit, but not as bad as, you know, fucking a meat man. <laughs> yeah. You know, not quite that far, but, you know, definitely that we can see this guy's got sort of this twisted side that he kind of keeps at bay yeah, with like his tape. Yeah, but picks up a hammer and just starts going to town. Yeah, and, exactly. Like, because we've seen him kill yeah. without remorse a, a couple times. <laughs> yeah, and they didn't earn that scene. And that's another thing, like, they vaguely established this thing with this, like, outside group trying to... Yeah, buy 
Yeah, that, that, that you don't get like Donnie again, a character who shouldn't have existed past episode one, mentioned to it, mentioned to him once, and then this mayor character who is basically your like weird exposition character mentioned it to him a second time, and then he shot those people in 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 the chest, and it was like what the f-? and like yeah, it was kind of cool because you didn't see that coming in that scene where he was just going to turn out, pull out a shotgun and start blasting yeah, everybody. Because we figured room, he'd had a change of heart and was going to be a decent guy for the rest of the show. Because he did yeah. swear under the essential voice of God that he was yeah. going to serve God and then yeah, went and murdered a bunch of people for selfish reasons. Yeah. And this this is his weird uh, way of, or, or this is how he perceived serving God, I guess. His interpretation, like, yeah. Yeah, and, but it was just like, I'm like, yeah, that was a cool sequence, but it was also just like, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, so man. something I didn't get to say earlier, and I'm going to bring back around now that we've mentioned Donnie showing up in the show beyond the point that Pierce thinks he has any right to. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the one thing I will say about keeping him in the show does is that it makes the town feel like it's 100 people most. Yeah. And that no one ever really leaves it. <laughs> True. Like, because, yeah. because all the minor characters, you keep seeing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that's true. Like all the same dudes at the whorehouse and stuff. Exactly, like that. exactly. It makes it feel like everyone knows everyone, and everyone knows everyone. Yeah. he has this real like shitty small town vibe to it because he meant because he continues to stick around. Whereas if yeah. he kind of disappeared forever, like they would either have to explain it, like he moved out of town for not really much yeah. for a reason, or um, you know it's a much bigger town than we gave it credit for. And I think having him on screen every couple episodes reminds us that. You know, mm-hmm. hey, here's this shitty character, and he's still around because no one ever really leaves, and everyone has a terrible life. That's a great reason for keeping him alive, Miller. But I guarantee you, not <laughs> one person. Am I person apologizing in that him room. away? <laughs> no, I guarantee you, not one person in that writer's room could come up with a better reason for that than than than, than you just I was gave. Say, is that apologism? Yeah, a little bit. Other than we paid the fucking guy money, so we have to yeah, use him. Right? That, that's so. the young Greyjoy strategy. <laughs> yeah, that's. Season three, Theon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man, uh, I just uh, got a lot of problems with this show, and it's weird because it's such a beloved comic book. And it doesn't sound like my cup of tea the way you're describing. <laughs> no, I would not. I would never have. Like, I don't think I ever did. You and I knew each other for 15 years, and I never once said, "Hey, Miller, you know what you would like, preacher." <laughs> yeah, I'm more of a Superman guy. <laughs> Dude, there's a fucking meat mannequin. You gotta read yeah. this comic. Oh, it's good. I mean, it sounds like a lot of crap. The... I don't like about comics. It was under the Vertigo title, though, right? And I mentioned. Oh, two or three others. It sounds like the same reason I never really read anything by Mark Miller. <laughs> nah, I wouldn't go that far. Although Garth Ennis and Mark Miller do have their like weird. I'm kind of a sociopath, and this is where I do my That's weird. That's exactly stuff. the word I was going to use. <laughs> you yeah. can't convince but me that like, Mark Miller's not a sociopath. <laughs> no, but it was under the uh, the Vertigo label, right? And Vertigo did Why the Last Man, which I recommended to you because I knew you'd love that. They did A Hundred Bullets, which I, I recommended. They did Hellblazer, which is fantastic. The fucking Sandman. Yeah. Uh, Neil Gaiman's running the Sandman. Good lord, that was brilliant. Well, sure, and I would I would probably argue that. Uh, I mean, as far as my taste, Hundred Bullets is about as grim as I like it. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, yeah, so that's why I never because you you've never been into the ultra violent stuff either, right? No, so that's why I never recommended Preacher to you whatsoever. But like other labels, because Vertigo was the thing where in the '90s it was just like 
you know, we're doing the the we, we get all the weird creative guys and, and yeah, uh, yeah, they're they're not Marvel, they're not DC, they're kind of this offshoot like Dark Horse or Image that they can kind of do their own thing and still have a decent audience for it. Well, it was owned by DC and I think it still is. Yeah, and yeah. Vertigo was just DC, but DC, although to this day they still are like, wait, we don't do Vertigo because like Vertigo gets so weird. Yeah, with exactly. it that, that they, they don't they have want the it. ability to distance themselves if necessary. Yeah, they don't have the Marvel brand. They don't have the the Marvel uh, open credits thing happening at the beginning of every episode. Exactly, exactly. And it's Plausible just, deniability, you could call it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like they're they're they they're definitely they definitely fly the DC fly like if there were, were a war to go on the Vertigo titles DC would all of a sudden be like hey these are ours we claim yeah. these right? technically and, a Disney uh, company <laughs> yeah because they're basically all the it's basically all the indie comics that they gave a shot to right? yeah exactly. and when you do it you end up with brilliance like Hellblazer and Neil Gaiman's Sandman run and Garth Ennis's Preacher which uh, the comic is brilliant uh, if you enjoy that sort of thing which I do and. Fables is great. Watchmen, I believe, was under the Vertigo title. Uh, the original run of the Dark Knight Returns, I'm not sure. I know V for Vendetta was under the... V for Vendetta yeah. definitely was. I think most Alan yeah. Moore was. <laughs> yeah. And just, yeah, so many brilliant titles. Hellblazer being among them. Man, that uh, Neil Gaiman run in Sandman. I should reread that. That's fucking brilliant. <laughs> uh. So, what... <laughs> I sorry, I kind of dozed off. The topic. For a yeah, snap back to the topic. Uh, what would you rate Preacher so far on a scale of one to ten? Let's start with Lee Puck. Oh, well, are we still doing this? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'll do it. Um, yeah, I like. I don't know, six and a half. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm right there in the six, six range as six well. And a half, maybe, maybe maybe up to maybe. seven. If I let's see what this next episode's like, but. Yeah. yeah, no, it's fine. Like, it's not. I'm okay. not like woo preacher. I'm like, no, whatever. It's it's got some entertaining parts and the acting is yeah. pretty good. It's a well put together show for the most part. But there's some stuff where I'm like, eh, yeah, I don't care. I, you know, I'm gonna go with seven. I'm, I'm a bit higher on it than you are because I have no investment in any of these characters or the source material whatsoever. I don't care what mm-hmm. they do. Construction is a bad thing, but. <laughs> I guess well, no, no, no. no. I, I mean, like, I, it's I, not like they, it's not like they didn't have any they, previous investment in the yeah, character. Yeah, they, 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 they couldn't ruin it by yeah, doing but... something weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, no, I'll, I'll go up to a seven. Uh I'm gonna have to throw out a rating I've never thrown out before, which is this product has not yet been rated. I can't right. give it a score yet. I need to finish the season and then I'll decide whether or not I like it because I'm really just iffy right now. Yeah, can I yeah. actually just add a question mark next to my seven? <laughs> seven? <laughs> yeah, yeah seven, seven with a with a question mark next to it. I'm sitting I'm I'm at like a six, maybe a five and a half, I don't know. So I've got like a, a hyphen. Ninety two percent. Ninety two percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now, yeah, Preacher. Kevin's got a DNC. Fucking kidding me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> TBD. <laughs> he's TBD. Add my and a little random number generator on. Oh, I'm sure I'll be back on the podcast for something Suicide Squad related, and we'll have like a five minute conversation at the end of it, being like, "Oh yeah, preacher on it." Eh. Yeah. yeah like, it's a five minute conversation. It's like, so what do you think of preacher? Oh shit, I forgot to watch it. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode, everybody. Ninety-two <laughs> percent on Rotten Tomatoes. What a fucking joke! <laughs> Are you kidding me? Ninety-two percent. Well, you're basically saying this is a perfect television well, the show. Thing is, is that it's, it, it's really different. Yeah. Um, which is which is good. 
I'm up for that. It's because mm-hmm. it's shot really weird. It actually reminds me a lot of other like movies that are shot like this with the like from comic books like uh, Sin City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually reminds me a lot of Sin City, um, mm-hmm. which is neat. And it's not something that 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 like TV gets. Um, it whether or not it's good is the question. But I think a lot of people will think different is good. Kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, by default, because they'll just be like, wow, this is really weird and I'm confused. It must be good. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, I, I had to look it up when you mentioned Sin City, because I was like, was Sin City under the Vertigo title? But no, that was Dark Horse. I was like 95% certain it was Dark Horse than it is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm just hoping, just pick up the pace. Preacher, that's all I'm gonna say. Like, let's let's let, let's get on the treadmill and get shit happening. Yeah, and I mean, they're and not spend less episodes left. As far as yeah. I can tell, they've wasted four already. So, yeah, a lot of a, with a lot of nonsense. Just a lot of nonsense. See now, okay, it's it's kind of interesting that you're saying because I thought that episode seven was gonna be a big one. I I thought they were really gearing up to something with that church service. No. Um, well, fuck. Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. Legally. Oh, so was I. They put a loudspeaker on the front. Like, oh, amazing. They start issuing, like, mass commands now. Yeah, that's, that was exactly my thought. I was like, holy mm-hmm. I was thinking, okay, maybe, uh, like, even with the, the first one, I was like, he's going to tell everyone to, like, follow God, and it's all going to go to shit, or it's going to, it's like, something crazy is going to happen. I was thinking, all right, so maybe uh, a cult um, forms around oh. him, with people basically mm-hmm. going around and following him and doing his every will. Or maybe people go out there and they get all crazy and they're like, oh my god, the Bible says this and you didn't do that, so I'm gonna kill you. Like, when they were like, next time on, uh, you know, next time on Preacher, and they showed that that scene of the woman beating uh, the, oh, the car. car. Yeah. I was like, oh, maybe that's the crazy cult, one of the crazy cult people. And that would be really interesting if he accidentally starts this cult. And... And then, and then he's got the loudspeaker. I'm like, oh, it's happening! It's happening! Yeah, I, I thought the same thing. I, I thought it was literally going to be uh, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then, everything, everything that you guys just said sounds to me like you two should be writing for this show. <laughs> because every like in 30 seconds, you gave me something I would I would have much rather seen than what I got in like the last two episodes of Preacher. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm much of a writer. I think I would be a great like writing consultant because I can take someone else's idea and, and punch it up a little bit. But uh, yeah. Mike and I seem to be on, a, on the same page for a lot of stuff these days, including my Game of Thrones finale. Uh, maybe it's time we branch out. <laughs> uh, you guys could be like the Russos. <laughs> oh, good. If only. Oh, man. I I like it. I mean, so we're 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 pretty lukewarm, lukewarm. I would say on preacher over here at the crossover podcast. So I know there's a few other uh, Potter and Family podcasts out there that are pretty high on it, but uh, I think we're uh, yeah we're we're, we're lukewarm yeah. on it, and hopefully they uh, they yeah, pick up. Yeah, my, my my guess is that uh, we'll give it a few more weeks. We'll see the end of the season, we'll check, and we'll then we'll completely yeah. forget about it because Suicide Squad's coming out around. <laughs> True. Yeah, we'll check back in it. Yeah, when's the finale? Because if the finale is anywhere near uh, I mean, August 5th, I might. Be at that okay, it's basically the week the August before. August weekend, yeah. Yeah, July 31st is the last day of Preacher. And then uh, the Thursday or Friday will be uh, 
Suicide Squad. So, so we maybe we'll have to record an episode of that one. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we'll check back in on Preacher after Suicide Squad kind of dies down or or right before it does. Which uh, it's interesting that you said Suicide Squad because next week this is a little tease. Oh, we, doing gonna, it. <laughs> we might be doing it next week. We've been talking about it for a while, but uh, yep, we got we got something Suicide Squad-y planned. Uh, for, for next week. We're going to jump on that hype train because that hype train is at full speed right now for this movie. It might be a little too uh, late for the hype train, actually, but uh, that's not going to stop us from trying. <laughs> I don't think exact so. the hype train. The, yeah, the hype train is at full speed and it might go to... They, they might find another gear. Like, they might find ludicrous speed on on the hype train yeah. as they get, like, uh, two two weeks. You know, like, yeah. when they get two weeks out. Seriously, yeah. on, on the... Like, I'm on Reddit a fair bit mm-hmm. and the movie subreddit it seems like every freaking day there's a new like oh there's a new suicide squad poster oh there's the yeah. character descriptions and there's, there's posters for yeah. all the characters i'm like oh my yeah. god what the fuck? yeah <laughs> like <laughs> movie standees and stuff like that they're like look at the movie standees they have in the theaters i'm gonna steal one and stuff like yeah. that like, right? look at this yeah. shitty poster <laughs> yeah. yeah as much as it can uh, be fun i don't know that i need like a year build up of hype for all these movies and i've definitely talked about that before well not well I was going to say, because, like, Suicide Squad has kind of gone the other way, where they had a couple of cool... Tra- they had one weird trailer, then two really good ones, and then they stopped mentioning it for a while, and now we're doing, like, this weird sprint campaign, yeah, where we're yeah. just, like... Like, we're just sprinting to the movie. You where know the what? Next- yeah, the, the, the reason that I brought up on the show before was for yeah. Batman versus Superman, where it was so high and low leading up to it. Like, really good trailers, really bad trailers, and I just wanted it to be over, like, getting a flu shot. <laughs> Yeah, it's like <laughs> I'm like this is gonna hurt. Can we just get past it? <laughs> yeah, can we just see this movie? And then we did, and I wish I hadn't. Because <laughs> it's terrible. Silver Lining don't record our most popular episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that> stupid movie. <laughs> all right, so uh, thanks for coming on, you guys. Thanks for cramming all of the uh, episodes of Preacher in, so you could come on and uh, discuss this. Oh, with you're me. welcome. Mm-hmm. Much appreciated. Very appreciated. Yeah, we've, we've talked for longer on this episode than there have been good moments in that show so far. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Definitely. Well, uh, <laughs> what an age we live in where we can get... Like, can you imagine if they, rele- if they released this show in, like, 1999 and it was still the same? We'd have just been like, oh, my God, it's so good. But now it's a little more... Market's a little more saturated, so you got to bring the heat oh, when, sure, when sure. you do it. And they are they are not bringing the heat on Preacher, and hopefully they will they'll pick up the pace. It did like ninety nine. It was all like Matrix effects and shit. <laughs> 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 but like pre Daredevil superhero stuff. <laughs> oh man, uh, Mike Leapock, Kevin Miller, thanks for coming out, you guys. Absolutely, thanks for having us. Take care, everybody.